0: When I first came out of the closet, one of the things that I actually prided myself on was the idea that I was a quote-unquote normal guy who just happened to be gay. It was kind of like, it's okay to be gay, it's just not okay to act gay. Getting Discomfortable With Nail Polish Because being gay isn't considered a choice, that was okay. But if I acted gay, that was a choice and that was not okay. So I felt like I could be gay as long as I acted like a normal straight guy in every other way. And I was actually kind of proud of that, as if it was an achievement to fit in so well with normal straight culture. Like as if other gay guys just weren't trying hard enough, or were just putting on this whole stereotypical flamboyant gay thing to get attention or something, or to be different. But as time went on, I realized this whole normal guy who just happens to be gay thing was really based in homophobia. Internalized homophobia can lurk inside you no matter how much you think you've accepted your sexuality. It's always there, conditioned in you from your childhood, when you learned through every possible avenue that it wasn't okay to be gay or to act like a girl if you're a boy or to be effeminate or to be different, really, in any way. And I couldn't help but wonder why it is that I can pass as a straight guy, why it is that I just naturally talk and act like a normal dude. I'm sure a lot of it is the degree to which I want to conform to culture, But I also have a lot of friends who are gay, and the second you meet them, you can tell that they are gay based on various stereotypical cues, like the way they talk, or the pitch of their voice, or they have a lisp, or there's just, you can just tell there's something a little bit feminine about them. And they've always been like that. If you ask them from as far back as they can remember, they've always been the kind of person who everyone pegged as gay right away, who their parents were like, oh, come on, we knew that all along, and kids at school teased them all the time. Why is it that they behave and talk in that manner, and I don't? Am I not gay enough? Are they gayer than me? Is it because I'm somewhere on the bisexual spectrum? I I really don't know. And it doesn't really matter. Since coming out, I've started to make more and more gay friends. I started to take part in queer culture more. I started watching Drag Race. And as you get more immersed in the culture, you do start to pick up more mannerisms and forms of speaking. And you kind of just embrace your more feminine side because you're like, why the hell not? But still, it's interesting that I can switch. (laughs) They call it code switching. It's when you talk one way with a certain group and then talk in a different way with another group. Some people are chameleon code switchers. Everywhere they go, they try to figure out how are people around here talking and they kind of jump right in. You know, those are the people who go on holiday to Britain for two weeks and then they come back and they have a British accent. I'm not that level of code switching chameleon, but I do notice that even to this day, under certain circumstances where I'm say at the gym or surrounded by a bunch of straight dudes, I will code switch just without even thinking about it. I will just go a little bit deeper and I'll be like, hey, <laughs> I just I just notice that like these certain circumstances bring my voice down a level and I start using slightly simpler, more bro words. And I don't like it. And part of me has grown a little bit jealous of my gay friends who are unable to code switch. Or maybe they're just unwilling. I'm not sure. But I wonder what it must be like to walk around in the world and feel that you have absolutely no choice but to present to the world in everything you say and in all your mannerisms. Everything you do, people just right away are like, oh, well, that guy's gay. I think that there's a certain vulnerability in that, but I think there's also strength in confronting that vulnerability, in knowing that there's no code shifting to be had. You're going to the gym, you're in the change room, everybody can tell you're gay right away. I feel like I respect my queer friends who present in a more visible way because I can only imagine the kind of strength and fortitude that that would build in you to say, this is what I am, accept it or not, that's how it is. So while I've been trying to consciously stop myself from unconsciously code shifting into bro language, which I've had some success at, or sometimes I'll find myself code switching into bro language, notice that I'm doing it, and then like very consciously drop a hint that I'm gay just so that everyone knows that I'm gay. So it's like consciously I'm fighting against my unconscious code shifting. My conditioned childhood brain is like, yo, what's up, bro? But then my intellectual brain is like, yo, what's up, bro? That shirt looks fabulous. So I've actually been looking for ways to be more flamboyant, to be to be more stereotypical, to try to read as more overtly obviously gay but in a way that's actually authentic. I can't just completely change the way I speak or start acting completely differently. That doesn't feel like me. Even if my straight dude persona is completely conditioned from my childhood, it still just feels like me. So I'm not going to just start talking like a completely different person. I mean, I have been picking up certain phrases from shows like Drag Race, but I have to admit, even though I am gay, it it almost feels like cultural appropriation because that's just so not the world that I live in day to day. So I've been on the lookout for what this means to me, how I can kind of own and communicate my sexuality without having to be inauthentic or change myself dramatically and without having to conspicuously hint at it all the time in conversations so that people know. It's not that people need to know. It's just that I think it would be powerful for me to confront my own internalized homophobia that says I have to appear straight at all times even though I am gay. As I've talked about in previous episodes, there's a kind of tension in being an invisible minority. On the one hand, you have a lot of privilege. You, you can benefit from the fact that people don't immediately guess your sexuality. You know, sometimes I'm traveling in countries where it is illegal or unsafe to be gay, and in those moments, I am kind of thankful that people don't just clock me on the street as gay. When I was in Bulgaria for a month, two years ago, for example, I just happened to be there when the Pride Parade was on, and I decided that I should go. And then there were all these warnings in the local news, like the US government, for example, issued a warning saying that you should not go to the Pride Parade because there was a local neo-Nazi group that was planting a counter-parade, and there was a strong possibility of violence. I decided to go anyway. I corralled a couple of my straight friends from remote year, and we went out, and it was a really nice time. It was small, and as we were marching down the street... Everyone looking at the parade, people on the streets, people in the windows, were just glaring. There was no cheering. There was no joy except for the people in the parade. And on the one hand, that was interesting because it was clear that the people in the parade, the people that I was surrounded by, were having way more fun than all the people that came out to stare at them. There was this stark difference of, hey, why don't you guys all just relax and enjoy life a little bit more? And at the end of the parade, I talked to some local gays. There was like a dance party. And I said, the parade went great. I didn't even see any neo-Nazi counter protest. And the local gays were like, yeah, it was so much better than last year. Nobody threw any rocks this year. It was the first time I had ever been to a pride that was like an actual protest pride. Pride as in something extremely necessary to try to move that country forward. You know, the very first pride was a riot. It was started after the Stonewall Inn was raided by police for the umpteenth time. So it was interesting to be in a country, to be in a place where that pride was really a strong statement against cultural norms that said it was still not okay to be gay in Bulgaria. And I was really grateful that I was able to be a part of that and just help add to the number of people that were walking through the streets saying, hey, this is totally okay to be gay, to be bi, to be queer, to be trans. But hearing that people had been throwing rocks at the parade just the year before also made me appreciate how lucky I was that I was, in fact, an invisible minority. That being said, I also feel like every time I allow myself to code shift and get away with it, I am robbing myself of the chance to confront my own insecurities and to confront my own latent homophobia. A couple of episodes ago, I talked about how I did a non-violent communication retreat for nine days on an island off of Stockholm. While I was at that seminar, I made friends with a young guy from Stockholm whose name was Max. Max. I noticed that Max had painted all of the fingernails on one of his hands. And when I complimented him on it, he offered to help me paint my own nails. And I was like, aha, painting my nails could be the perfect way for me to subtly announce that I was not just your average, normal, straight dude without having to change my behavior or be a completely different person. So I accepted I couldn't decide which color was going to look better. So I decided to do one hand in a purpley plum color and the other hand in a orangey coral color. I was terrible at applying the nail polish. Max sort of demonstrated, but I had never done it before and I had to do at least three coats on each hand to try to get it remotely consistent. And then a couple of the girls saw what we were doing, and they came over, and it turned into a whole nail painting party, and I was astonished at how quickly and adeptly the women were able to paint their nails as if it was something they had done every day, which I guess it was. And I have to admit, looking at myself in a mirror with colored fingernails looked weird. There was just something inside of me that was like, nope. No, that's not right. <laughs> guys are not supposed to wear that. It just doesn't look right. It reminds me how when I'm walking down a street and I see two guys holding hands, at first glance it looks weird to me. It's just conditioned into me so much. Two guys aren't allowed to hold hands, and then I'm like, not only are two guys allowed to hold hands, but you are one of the types of guys who wants to hold hands with another guy. It's so interesting because when you are holding a guy's hand, it feels so totally right. It feels totally natural and totally of course I would hold hands with this guy. Like it just it's 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 beautiful. But when you are seeing two guys holding hands and you grew up conditioned against guys holding hands or guys wearing nail polish or guys doing anything feminine or different It looks odd. It's just, I can't believe that as a gay man, there's still a part of my brain that upon first glance at seeing two guys holding hands or a guy wearing nail polish, says, nope, nope, no, that's not right. No, no, uh uh-uh, no. It goes to show how powerful and deeply ingrained that social conditioning is. And of course, it is completely reinforced by the horrible feeling that is shame. Which is why I'm always a little bit skeptical when people say, trust your gut. Of course, I do generally trust my gut. I think that's good advice normally. But when it comes to things that have been socially conditioned, trusting your gut can be completely wrong. Trusting your gut can be things that were deeply ingrained and brainwashed inside of you as a child that are completely based in cultural prejudices that aren't true or helpful or healthy at all. So I could see how you might be a highly religious straight person, and when you see two people kissing of the same sex, you innately get an uncomfortable feeling, a kind of almost sick, disgusted feeling in your gut. And I can see how you might look at that feeling and say, oh, well, that's natural. You know, that's a sign that two men or two women kissing is unnatural and wrong and disgusting and bad. I feel it in my stomach. But to assume that that is a natural reaction is wrong. If a baby sees two men kissing or a baby sees two women kissing, the baby is not going to feel sick at all. It is, in fact, absolutely a cultural conditioning, and what feels so upsetting in your stomach is connected to shame, this idea that you have been told over and over again in your childhood that being gay is wrong and bad, such that any time you are confronted by it, shame arises and says, yep, remember, we've been told being gay is bad. I know this is true because I can find my own shame making me feel uncomfortable looking at gay couples showing affection or kissing in public. But when I am that gay couple, when I am kissing or showing affection to someone that I like, it feels totally right. So I don't think it's okay to trust your gut looking at what someone else is doing when you have been culturally conditioned. I think the gut that should be trusted is when you are the person doing the kissing. So looking down at my hands, it was super fun. It was like, oh, wow, look at all this color. And when I woke up in the morning, I was always surprised. I was like, oh, right. Look at all the color on my nails. I forgot. But then when I looked at myself in a mirror and I got that third person removed perspective, then it looked all wrong. Then there was all this shame of like, oh, no, no, no. Like a beard and painted nails? You you just can't. And it was surprisingly easy to walk around with painted nails because, A, I was on a small island surrounded by non-violent communicators, probably one of the safest, most accepting groups you could possibly be in, but also because I just completely forgot about them all the time, which is why I think it is a perfect way for me to express my disinterest in completely conforming to heteronormative culture because it doesn't take any extra energy or action on my part. I don't even have to think about it. I walk around, I pick things up, I do things, and only every now and then do I notice, oh, right, I've got delightfully painted nails. I did get showered in compliments from people in the group, men and women alike, which, of course, felt delightful. But It got more and more interesting after the seminar ended and I went back to Stockholm. I felt like every time I interacted with someone, I noticed that moment where their eyes flickered down, saw and registered that I had painted my nails and then flickered back up, (laughs) noticed that I was a man with a beard. And there was just a tiny instance of a moment where you could try to gauge what their reaction was. I mean, this is Sweden, so everyone is always super polite and well-behaved and I have no idea if people were judging me positively or negatively. But it was clear that people were noticing it, that they were making some kind of computation, and I don't know what it was. And that, to me, is actually a great experiment, because I am someone who grew up with a lot of shame. It turned me into a total people pleaser. All the time, I was worried and uncomfortable. What do people think of me? Do people approve of me? And I always longed for clarity about whether people were happy with me or upset with me because that helped me know, okay, I'm in this person's good books. Oh, that person's unhappy with me. I need to work harder. A people pleaser really wants to know how they are doing. They really want feedback. And having these painted nails and interacting with strangers and noting that they were noting it, but not being able to determine whether they were for it or against it was really a, a good experiment in forcing me to just deal. Who knows how this person is taking me in? Who knows if this person thinks I'm gay? Who knows if this person thinks being gay is bad or good? Who knows if they think having painted nails for a guy is okay or not or whether they care at all? I simply can never know. And by having painted nails, it was forcing me to get comfortable with that ambiguity, which is something that I desperately need practice in. I was especially nervous when I checked into my Airbnb after doing the seminar because I was like, oh no, what if my host thinks that I'm some crazy person because I've got painted nails? Not that having painted nails makes someone crazy, but these are the kind of thoughts going through my mind when I do even the slightest bit of non-conforming. And sure enough, As he was handing me the keys, I saw the telltale eye flutter. He looked down, he saw it, he took it in, he looked back at me, and he made no comment about it. And I'm sure it was no big deal. But it was meaningful to me. It turned out that he actually is a nonviolent communicator himself, and I'm sure he and I would have gotten along very well if we had more than a cursory interaction at his doorstep. Nonetheless, it was a little bit of a baby step for me to interact with someone who had a degree of authority or power over my, you know, my Airbnb rating and to get comfortable with the discomfort of putting something out there where I was portraying myself as just the tiniest little bit not normal. The sad part about painting your nails is that it doesn't last very long. It chips off almost immediately. In fact, one of the girls who was there while I was painting my nails said, AJ, you need to know that by painting your nails, you are entering a life of imperfection. Because within a day, you will start to scratch and chip the nails. And you will have to get comfortable with the fact that they never look perfect for more than a day or a few hours even. And she was absolutely right. Within a day, one of them was already chipped, and then the next day, another. And slowly but surely, not only was I a guy with painted nails, I was a guy with badly painted nails that were now half chipped off, which is not a hot look. If I'm going to not conform to my gender stereotypes, I want to do it in a fabulous and flawless, perfectionistic way. But by then, I was no longer with Max, and I didn't have access to his colors anymore. And I'm not even sure that you can touch up a cracked nail. I think you just have to, like, clear it off and start again. In fact, I didn't have any nail polish remover, so I just had to grin and bear it as they slowly flaked off one chip at a time. Obviously, painting my nails wasn't life altering, but it was definitely one little step in a direction of trying slightly unusual things. I mean, actually, I see lots of guys with painted nails, but nonetheless, to me, it was an exciting little step in a direction that I want to go further towards. And I'm excited to do more of it. I'm excited to try dressing in different ways. I'm excited to try drag at some point. I'm excited to push the boundaries of what my idea of a normal person is supposed to look like or act like. And really for no other reason than just to try it. I know that perhaps there's something a little bit quote unquote extra about that. And I've been accused of being extra in the past. Extra being someone who's trying to be different just for the sake of it. Who's like trying to get your attention. Who's trying to be interesting for interesting's sake. And I resonate with that. And I see no reason not to experiment with it. You know, it doesn't have to be who you are forever. But I think that there's a lot of discomfort to be mined from dressing in slightly different ways, from presenting yourself in public in slightly different ways, from just getting out of your normative comfort zone.